Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Getting Sexy with Steph. And today you get Steph times two. <laughs> I'm here with one of my friends, Stephanie. She is a sexuality and relationship coach, and she is the founder of the Bedside Collection, which is a collection of amazing, beautiful glass sex toys. Hi, Stephanie. Did I say that right? <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> oh, beautiful glass sex toys. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. And actually, one of my absolute favorite memories was when we were jumping on a practicum for this course that we're in. And she's like, never mind all of the packaging of glass dildos behind me. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I do anything in that room, it's like <laughs> I have to modify the camera angles because like, don't mind the 200 dildos in the corner. <laughs> Uh, no I absolutely love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. So I thought that today we could get started by maybe talking a little bit about our own experiences with glass dildos, because I don't know about you, but when I entered into like the dildo world, I had never heard of a glass dildo. And, you know, I just use the typical what you see, like the, the silicone, the vibrating ones, like even like the hard plasticky, like really black. Like all I can think of is it's black. Yeah. <laughs> like ew. And that's a problem, right? We'll get I'm sure we'll get to it, but that's kind of exactly what I was trying to counter with the whole the creation of the bedside collection, the whole brand was like that response that a lot of people have with traditional dildos. So anyway, go back to it, but I'm sure we'll we'll get there. Yeah, no, actually tell me more about that. I think that's a great place to like launch off. Like, cause most of them are, it's just like, blah, but this is all that we know, right? Yeah. This yeah. is all we know. And so it's kind of like, once you know better, do better. And so once I was introduced to this world of glass dildos, it was life-changing. It was so life-changing for me. How about for you? Yeah, well, absolutely. And I think that I mean, my, my path to it was sort of the same. Like I had, I had had, you know, those big silicon, like hot pink veiny things and always felt a bit like yicky about using them. Like I didn't look at it and be like, oh yeah, like let's go. It was a bit like, oh, it felt a bit seedy, almost um, like, you know, traditional brick and mortar sex shops. Um, that can feel a bit seedy, you know, the ones that you find in red light areas or sort of like old style um, sex stores um, that feel sort of shady and yucky. And there's like a guy in a trench coat looking at porn <laughs> in the corner. Like that's the the vibe that I sort of got um, from a lot of those traditional dildos. And so, yeah, I never really, I never really, uh, enjoyed using those products. And so for me, the glass dildo was like my first foray into a dildo, i.e. Um, a tool for internal stimulation that I actually enjoyed using. Wow. Yeah, so when you first, you know, heard of this concept of glass dildos, right? This is something that, you know, up until, I mean, it, it's been recently in my life, like that I started using glass dildos, not only because they're so much more pretty, but just like you said, they don't have that yak vibe. I remember getting my very first one and opening it. And I 
I actually, I was like, I don't exactly know what I'm going to do with this, but we're going to sit down here and we're going to figure some stuff out. And yeah, yeah, like it was, uh, it was very, it was a very interesting, like it took me a few times to really get the concept of what this was and to be able to use it for, um, different purposes. You know, I use it for pleasure and I use it for de-armoring. I use it as like an acupressure, like I use it for a cervical de-armoring. Uh, glass dildos have created the gateway for me to experience cervical orgasm. And that is probably like the greatest, greatest thing that glass dildos have given me <laughs> is cervical orgasms. <laughs> Hello. Totally. Um, and I think that that's right. You know, uh, it's very normal for people. And for me being, you know, a business owner selling these products, there is a really big education piece. And I think that getting people, you know, people have a lot of maybe reservations, questions, maybe uh, lack confidence around how would I actually use this thing? What would I do with it? You know, like it, it arrives in the mail and they sort of just stare at it. And now what? Um, and, you know, as you say, there are lots of different contexts in which a glass silver can be really um, beautifully supportive, whether it's pleasure, whether it's something you know, de-armoring, um, and we can go into what that is because that is probably, you know, it's a term that's very familiar in our world but probably not um, to the everyday person. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're an incredible addition to your, your sexual toolkit for so many reasons. Um, and, I mean, I think for me, again, to go back to that education piece, one of the things that, I've done with the bedside collection is include uh, a 30 minute audio practice with every wand, mm. with every dildo um, for that very reason, because I think that people might go like, oh, okay, this is meant to be amazing. I've heard all these good things, but particularly if all you've ever used is a vibrator, I think there is a real shift in gears um, to acclimatize yourself because it is a different kind of pleasure and a different kind of self-pleasure experience. Absolutely. It really is. And I love that you bring that up because, you know, most women, uh, they, you know, some, some become so attached to a vibrator that they've never felt, you know, that, that internal stimulation or, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the sensitivity that lies within the vagina without some sort of a pulsation or vibration and attuning to that sensitivity is the process to regain that sensitivity and to really attune to it. But it is truly the gateway for like those amazing, like cosmic orgasmic state in, you know, in my personal and in professional opinion. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I often use the analogy of, um, you know, if you were driving to a destination and, you know, using a vibrator on your clitoris is like taking the freeway and it's like super reliable and direct and linear. And it's like, as soon as you pull onto the freeway, you can see your destination in front of you. And it's like, it feels really um, easy and tempting to always take that, you know, the, the shortest distance between two points. I get it. And like, sometimes, you know, that I think it's important when talking about vibrators to, to say that there's nothing wrong with using vibrators at all. There's nothing wrong with like having a quickie, all of that. Uh, I think that 
people who are really like anti-vibrator, it can sometimes feel a bit shamey. And I definitely don't want to venture into that territory. Um, but it's just about uh, learning all of these different roads to that destination, right? And the first time that you take the scenic route or venture into the back streets, it might feel a bit like, oh, am I actually going to get to my destination? Because I don't know these roads and it feels a bit weird and I'm not getting like, I don't see the sign in front of me telling me that I'm definitely almost there, right? We're so attuned to like very um, like short and sweet, direct path to orgasm, which is what, you know, the intensity of a vibrator on your clitoris gives you within a few seconds, you're like, oh yeah, I know where this is going. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it, it is like internal stimulation is a different, it's a different game. Um, and it is, it is slower, but it's like, when you think of it as like the scenic route and it can be like there's so much richness in those moments between rather than being like laser-focused, um, goal-oriented, fixated on um, that, that sort of, you know, opening the pressure valve release that you get from, from an orgasm with a vibrator. So I think that um, there's a bit of an expectation management a piece there and so I, I do say to people like you might get frustrated at first if you're like if you, if you've been using vibrators your whole life and you um, experiment with a glass dildo it might be a bit like oh, you know can't we just <laughs> you might be tempted to roll over and pull out your vibrator because you're not going to get that same like sort of sugar hit instant gratification um, but it is in my opinion it is a more nourishing meal so Absolutely. I absolutely love that. And, you know, a few points that I really love that you brought up is there is no vibrator shame in this space. I love my vibrator. I still use it quite a bit, right? Like it's fucking amazing. Totally. <laughs> and I also look at it as like when I want ice cream, you know, or like something that's just like a sweet, you know, or a quickie yeah. or a quick fix, yeah. or I just want to like release some sexual tension. And I love what you've said about the glass dildo being the scenic route and a really nourishing meal and it's sensory. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. I love that distinction. And actually I have found, um, when I first started using my, my glass dildos were, was using a vibrator on my clitoris while I was using the glass dildo mm -hmm. to build up some of that pleasure. And then mm -hmm. right before orgasm turning off the vibrator and just kind of breathing and moving that pleasure around was how I learned to orgasm from, you know, using a glass dildo and really how I learned how to, how to orgasm from internal stimulation alone. And it's like, you kind of just like weaned yourself off of it. So I'm a big fan of vibrators and I'm a big fan of the scenic route, which is so <laughs> deliciously yummy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a great point and that's a good tip for anyone listening who's interested in um, exploring more internal stimulation, internal pleasure, um, is allowing your brain to connect the dots between that. So if you've already got a really clearly established pleasure pathway via your clitoris, um, including internal stimulation, uh, so that that sort of couples those sensations together and, you know, rings the pleasure bell in your body and then, you know, slowly edging off the clitoral stimulation and allowing, you know, that internal stimulation to be a source of pleasure in and of itself. It's a really very effective, very manageable way to train your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would recommend giving 
yourself, you know, like 30 days, like a full month of doing that. You know, some people are like, all right, I did it once. It should be, (laughs) it should be good to go. Like where's the cervical orgasms, (laughs) but no, like a consistency of doing it over and over and over, you know, we're rewiring our brain and rewiring the way that we experience pleasure and orgasm. So yeah, they, they can be used in tandem to get started. And I would, I mean, I personally highly recommend that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's, that's such a good point around um, giving people a bit of a, a timeline because it, it's like, you know, you don't go on one run and expect to like, you know, be super fit, right? Like this is training your body to do something different. And if you've been training it to do something a certain way for like, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years, it's going to take a bit of time to rewire it. And, and there is a, a level of patience required there and commitment to the process. But I think you just need to rest assured that anyone can train themselves to have all of these different pleasure experiences. It is just a matter of, of being really committed to that. Absolutely. So we just need to commit to self-pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's worse things. I mean, I would definitely rather like commit to a self-pleasure than like running through. Oh, I actually like running. So, but you know, like running every day for 30 days, I would definitely rather do self-pleasure for 30 days. <laughs> yeah. Why not both? Yeah. Why not both? Why not both? So I have a question for you uh, because this is a question I get asked a lot and I had the same, like, what in the world, you know, (laughs) glass dildos. Okay. Because I think of glass as like something that can shatter. And like, you want me to put something that I know it shatters up my vagina. Like, okay. Like let's debunk this because there's a deep fear. I mean, rightfully so of putting something glass and penetrating yourself with it. Right. Totally. And I mean, again, it's such another, it's another angle to the education piece, which I've taken on. I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> starting a business where there's, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of consumer education that I have to put myself through, but glass, I mean, what, what we're talking about with glass dildos, they're made from what's called borosilicate glass, which is, um, like Pyrex glass that, you know, those glass baking dishes that are like thick and hardy and durable. Um, It is really um, very, very sturdy and solid, I suppose is the other point, and quite weighty. Um, I had a friend once who I was giving a yoni egg to because we also sell glass yoni eggs. Um, And she expressed those same reservations of like, oh, is that safe? Like, is it going to shatter? And I sort of queried what she meant or what she was envisaging. And we got to the point where she said that she was imagining putting like a light bulb up a vagina and sort of just like, you know, a yoni egg. The point of it is that you do, you know, pelvic floor contractions. And I think she was imagining, you know, putting a light bulb up and just crunching it. (laughs) I was like, oh God, of course you're fucking scared if that's what you think I was giving you. Um, so no, these are all like very solid, durable, um, non-porous is not a really, uh, helpful attribute. Um, so, I mean, that's sort of unrelated to the, the physical safety, but, um, one of the key benefits of class is that it's really, really easy to clean, um, because it's non-porous and I suppose safety in that respect, because, you know, sex toy hygiene is a concern, Um, and some other materials. So, you know, silicon, 
um, some lower grade silicons, um, some types of crystals, which are another common material, um, can be porous and so can be a bit harder to clean and, and, you know, if not cleaned properly, can harbour bacteria that can sort of, you know, be a bit of a concern. Glass is non-porous and so it's really, really easy to clean. Um, it's also... Uh, compatible with any type of lube that you would want to use, which is another key benefit because, you know, like silicon, uh, silicon toys, you can't use silicon, uh, you can't use oil-based lubes, blah, blah, blah. There are all these different requirements, right? Um, glass is, is super versatile when it comes to lube. Um, it's also seen as one of the most environmentally friendly options, which is really cool. Um, glass is pretty low impact relative to some of those other materials, you know, like I wouldn't be able to pull the stats off the top of my head, but suffice it to say that there are like a lot of, you know, silicon, cheaply made silicon vibrators and dildos sitting in a landfill heap somewhere, right? Like that mm -hmm. these, these cheap and cheery products that are sort of mass produced that don't cost very much, you know, there's a price for that. Um, and so glass definitely emerges as probably the most environmentally friendly material from which to make sex toys. So there's a long list of, of reasons why glass is actually a really great option and, you know, maybe not the most important, but certainly a part of it, they're beautiful, right? And I think that, you know, maybe that sounds silly, but like to me, having something that feels beautiful and sacred and luxurious is a really important piece of me wanting to use that in a way that feels like I'm, you know, treating my body and my pleasure with reverence. Absolutely. And I love that. Like every time somebody comes and sees my, my collection, I always get comments on how beautiful they are. And I'm like, I know, I know <laughs> <laughs> only the most beautiful for pussy. <laughs> Really? She relishes in it. And it's true though. It's like that. And she like intuitively knows, oh, this is something gorgeous and like luscious yeah. that you're putting inside me. And I feel that she attunes to it yeah. so much deeper. Yeah. It's an, it's a real honoring of yourself and your pleasure. And I think that, you know, investing in, in those tools that support you to feel like you are worthy of like the highest quality beautiful luxe pleasure like that's there's a symbolic significance to that as well yeah there really is and it it's it creates this ability to like um have a kind of like a ritualistic self-pleasure practice right like and i say ritual as in just like setting a beautiful space for you to, you know, have pleasure or to do, you know, this word that we talked about de-armoring, um, which I would love to just actually jump into, uh, because that's something, as I mentioned that I found incredibly, incredibly healing is to do uh, de-armoring around in different places within my vagina and also around my cervix. And yeah, I mean, is that something that you've also experienced? Yeah, I, and it's, it's amazing. The first, I mean, the first many times I did it, to be honest, it was painful. And that in and of itself is telling, right? And I was like, wow, I had no idea that I was holding so much tension. Um, so, I mean, for anyone listening who doesn't know what dearmoring is, it's essentially just an internal pressure point massage, but you can sort of create a whole practice around it and, 
you know, in addition to that physical massage and, and trigger point release, it's an emotional release because we do store so much emotion in the physical tissue inside of us, particularly, you know, all over our body, frankly, but particularly in that space because, you know, that's a very emotionally vulnerable and, and for some people holds a lot of trauma. Um, and so I was actually really surprised at how, how much pain there was when I first explored cervical dearmoring. Um, and, you know, that for me is someone who hasn't experienced um, any sort of acute sexual trauma. So someone, you know, I would say that I've had a pretty like um, normal incident free sexual history. And even for me, it was like, whoa, I'm storing some stuff there. Um, and so that was, um, it's not like a, like a fun and easy process, but as you say, like a very healing one to take the time and, and allow whatever's there to, to express itself and, you know, move through you. Absolutely. And I look at it as really like this, uh, internal massage, like you said too, you know, it's like you go and you get massages to release tension in your shoulders and in your back. So why wouldn't we be doing this within our vagina and around our cervix? And, you know, I am a sexual trauma survivor and what was in there when I first started was so much physical pain as well. And I just thought that was normal. I thought it was normal to have, like, have it hurt when like, I mean, at first it was like when a cock would hit my cervix and then, and I was just like, oh, that's just normal. It's not normal. (laughs) It's not normal. So if you are experiencing that, just know that that's not actually how it has to be, but that a lot of women who have a cervix and, you know, they, they feel that they feel pain there. And so when I first started doing the de-armoring with the crystal dildo, and I would, really hold it in a place where I felt pain and I would sound and I would scream. I found a lot of actual like rage, um, a lot of rage and grief that was really bottled up. And it was, it was, it was a process to really let go Mm. and to, um, almost just like desensitize or resensitize. (laughs) (laughs) Well, kind of both like desensitize from the pain, but resensitize to pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. So I did say that, right. I was like, where's my mind going with this? (laughs) But yeah, it was, it was a really beautiful way to release the pain. And so now I will still go through a very, I'll carve out, you know, like an hour once a month to do Mm -hmm. a de-armoring process. And I'll just move my glass dildo through and find different places. And it's not Mm -hmm. as intense anymore, especially since I'm regular with it, but I still, like I did it two days ago and I was like, Oh my God, there's something there. (laughs) Like, obviously something has like either been triggered or there's something relationally that's come up or something. And just moving through that is so beautiful. And I, I really, I think that like, yeah, for any sort of healing and uh, pleasure practice, a glass glass dildo is yeah, absolutely yeah. necessary tool. I think the resensitization point is massive and that's probably been in conjunction with using a yoni egg. That's probably been like the most um, obviously transformative thing for me because I think my vagina was quite numb before I ventured into this world. And I never even really uh, was aware of the numbness until it wasn't numb anymore. And I was like, Oh, hang on. You know, like I can feel like even just sitting here now, you know, like I can bring my attention and feel sensation in, you know, 10 different points inside my vagina, right? Like I can just like move my 
you know, a physical, like my awareness around like a pinball, right? Yes. <laughs> it, it, like that level of attunement is, is a huge piece for experiencing more pleasure, right? Because, you know, numbness, we, it's so, so common among women to feel numb, but it really doesn't have to be that way. There are things that you can do. And like, frankly, I, I, I always want to be careful around like telling people that they need to buy things in order to do this. Cause I don't think that that's true, but I think that, you know, these tools can really help you on the way there. Absolutely. And they just have a deeper reach, literally. <laughs> you, have <fingers> too. <laughs> you have to get into some pretty funky positions if you're going to get your fingers <laughs> on your cervix for an extended period of time with any pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I have to you if that's, if you can do that without a wand, power to you. Then great. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve a medal, really. And, and you could do definitely, like, I would love to know if somebody can do that because I would love to learn their ways. <laughs> Yeah. And so, you know, something else that you just mentioned that I would love to touch on is the yoni ache because so when I did like the deep de-armoring, like the cervical, that's where I felt like that rage and the grief and the tears and the screaming and all of those lovely things. Mm -hmm. But the yoni ache actually was what uh, taught me how to have a G-spot orgasm and how to squirt. So it's interesting because that area was really numbed out. There was like no sense, like I couldn't feel anything. Like yeah. I could put my fingers, like any, I just couldn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And so it was a yoni egg practice actually that brought that. So can you tell me about the yoni eggs that, yeah. you, know, that you have and, and maybe some of the benefits that you've seen with some of your customers and yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, just before I do that, I totally agree with you. And that was my experience as well. That was actually what um, prompted me, you know, on a corner of the internet one day, maybe it was probably five years ago now um, that I first bought a yoni egg and found a yoni egg. And it was because I wanted to wake up my G-spot. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Because if before I used a yoni egg, um, if I put my fingers inside myself and touched my G-spot, all I could feel was my from my fingers right like you can feel the texture but there was no like feeling coming from the the stimulation like the my g-spot itself there was no sensitivity um and that's certainly not the case now so a yoni egg is basically um yoni being the sanskrit word for sort of like womb space um and it's broadly used to refer to you know women's genitalia it's sort of taken on a whole um world of meaning now but um, a yoni egg is an egg-shaped, uh, we sell them in glass, but they're tr- traditionally jade um, and you can get them in a whole range of crystals. Um, and you insert it into your vagina um, and in conjunction with doing essentially pelvic floor exercises, so contracting and releasing your pelvic floor. Um, that's obviously like a very bare-bones, simplified explanation of the practice that doesn't honor you know the more mind body spiritual connection piece which is a really important part of it but at a very sort of um, purely descriptive level um, it is putting this egg-shaped either glass or jade um, egg inside of you and contracting and releasing your pelvic floor to strengthen your pelvic floor and in so doing resensitize that area yeah beautiful And so because I've been asked this question before, um, 
some people are like, well, why would I want to strengthen my vagina? I don't want it to get too tight, you know? Um, don't we like, why are we like, we don't want it to feel contracted. And so can you kind of speak to maybe the difference between, you know, tight and strong and contracted and yeah, I think that that would be really beneficial. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting you say that because I reckon, I mean, I've come across a lot of people and obviously as part of like pop culture, porn culture, all of that tightness is sort of fetishized a bit. Right. And this idea of like that women want to have a tight pussy and that like, as women get older, they get looser and that is not a good thing. Like all of this rubbish, right. Um, strength is really the goal, like suppleness, strength, um, flexibility, um, sensitivity these things all go hand in hand and so we're not talking about um tightness as in like a clenching or an over contraction that's very much not the goal um it's like the dexterity and the ability to control those muscles to contract and release and any um you know good yoni egg practice will involve a very conscious um releasing of the muscles in it you know, as the counter movement to the contraction. So it's not just like a, a clenching for 20 minutes um, in the same way that you wouldn't just hold a, a dumbbell up at your arm and just stand there with it clenched, right? Um, it's a contraction and a release of the muscle and that's how you you tone it as you would any other muscle, right? Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for that that clarity. And also, you know, I hear a lot and I, and I'm sure that there's a lot of differing points of views, but that when you do these yoni egg practices, they really only need to be about 10 to 20 minutes. Like some people are like, oh, sleep in it. Oh, do this in it. And like, but um, I hear contradicting opinions on it. And for me, what I found is actually that 15, 20 minute mark, even 30, you know, if I'm doing like a, a really fun practice um, has, has been actually more beneficial than, you know, wearing it to yoga class or sleeping in it overnight. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm definitely of the view uh, that a shorter intentional practice is more beneficial. That's certainly been my experience. And that just makes sense to me that, you know, putting aside 15, 20 minutes to um, consciously you know, be contracting, releasing, connecting, uh, because I think the awareness piece is a huge part of a yoni egg practice. It's not purely muscular. So like, yeah, you could wear it to yoga and you might get some sort of peripheral benefits of doing that because, you know, incidentally there'll be pelvic floor contraction and release in a yoga class typically. Um, but the, the mind body awareness, um, your ability to uh, really sense and control those muscles with your mind. And that's like a, that is a huge piece of it. And that's been one of the main benefits that I've derived from it. Uh, Again, is that ability to sense all these different points inside of me and contract like specific areas um, and, you know, all of the pleasure that comes with that. Um, So yeah, I'm definitely uh, more of the view that a shorter, even like even 10 minutes of really like concentrated, um, yeah, deliberate practice to me far outweighs like going to sleep with it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my take. Yeah. And I agree. And plus that feels so much more attainable, right? Like, I mean, I love (laughs) self-pleasure, like I really do, but I'm also a mom and I run a business and like, I have 
to drive to soccer. Like I've got a life as well that I've got to, you know, I can't just sit for eight hours and like pleasure myself. I mean, that would be incredible. (laughs) And (laughs) we can look for pleasure in our daily life in all of these different ways. But to me, something that's more sustainable is like you said, like it's like 10, 20 minutes, two to three times a week doing the Shoni practice will completely change the way that you feel inside. And yeah, that's, that's been my experience and my experience in working with, with other women. So. Absolutely. It really, it can be a really, really powerful tool. And I think, um, you know, there's probably been a bit of like bad press around yoni eggs, but anecdotally, like there is no shortage of women who are like, who attribute a yoni egg with really like awakening, awakening their pussy, frankly. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can look at like thousands and thousands and thousands of women who have anecdotal evidence um, that supports that. So, and it, it's, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's pelvic floor strengthening at the heart of it and cultivating that mind-body awareness. So. Absolutely. And I kind of look at it as like, I mean, think of like those icky dildos, plastic dildos that like you that they sell that people are like, this is no problem at all. Like shove this up your vagina, it's totally fine, but do not do anything that, you know, is called something beautiful, like a yoni egg that will strengthen and, you know, allow you to experience your G spot. So I'm like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like it's. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a bit of a, unfortunately, you know, I think there's a real pushback against anything that's seen as like, you know, spiritual or wellnessy. I think there's like such a um, backlash. And so things tend to get put in a bucket um, and like cast as, you know, snake oil. And I really, um, I don't see yoni eggs as falling into that bucket. Uh, there's certainly like um, better and worse materials that you could use. Um, I think like things made out of yoni eggs made out of quartz um they're an obvious one that quartz is you know whether that's rose quartz or clear quartz it is a more porous stone and more brittle um so just like on the safety points that we spoke about earlier like that is high risk again whether it's more high risk than cheap silicon i don't know um but yeah i mean i think that it, it really at its heart and again like some advice is better than others. People who say just like, you know, wear it for eight hours. I know that that's come under criticism from like some gynecologists, pelvic floor um, specialists who say that like you shouldn't be um, contracting your muscles for that long because it can um, lead to, you know, over-contraction and other complications. Again, like 15, 20 minutes of a pelvic floor practice um, or even wearing it to an hour-long yoga class. Like it's just, I don't think that any of those criticisms really hold water with what you and I are discussing right now. Absolutely. And yeah, thank you so much for bringing up um, also the safety with rose quartz, right? So I know so many people that are like, but I want rose quartz dildos. I want rose quartz, you know, yoni eggs. I want all of this. And and they're so beautiful. And I actually have a rose quartz dildo. It was one of the first ones I bought before I had education. And so now it just sits there and it's really pretty because like you said, it's, it's not, um, not the greatest structurally to be using and, um, Yeah, I think, um, I mean, at the bedside collection, all of our stuff is glass, but I think as far as crystals go, and you're more of a a crystal aficionado than I am, but my understanding is that 
that jade is, um, you know, non-porous and very hard as a stone. And I think, is it obsidian that's the other one that's in the okay box or is that? Yeah, obsidian is, is yeah, is okay as well. Yeah. 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 But steer clear of the box if you can. I know. And it's so pretty. So just get it and like put it by your bed. Like get a stone and put it by your bed. Yeah. <laughs> you can put it on your heart while you use your glass. <laughs> It's a win-win. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Awesome. Well, can you tell everybody where they can find your beautiful glass dildos and and find you online? Yeah. So uh, the bedside collection is at thebedsidecollection.com, all one word, um, and at the bedside collection on Instagram. Uh, and we ship worldwide. So wherever you are, we will find you with our dildos. Um, and you can find me at Stephanie underscore underscore rig, R-I-double-G on Instagram or stephanierig.com. So that's where you can find me. Beautiful. And I will link all of that in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Go find her, go buy her products. They are gorgeous. <laughs> go do her coaching, her sexuality and relationship coaching. She has personally coached me and she is phenomenal. So yes, oh, highly, wow. highly recommend you go and support her. Mm, you are too sweet. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> My pleasure.